Hey everyone, you are back with Brittany, owner of Brittany Elliott LLC and creator of Back to You in Five. I help mothers reconnect with themselves through self-care. Today we're going to talk about a few self-care activities that you can include your children in and how including your children in your self-care routine can be beneficial. So let's get into it. A not-so-fun fact is that 80% of New Year's resolutions are abandoned by February. Throughout the last few years, I've personally focused on how I'd like my year to look and planning the steps it will take to shape it that way. By moving away from a New Year's resolution and focusing on your intentions for the year, you can start achieving the outcomes you want to see in your life. To help you set your intentions and achieve your goals for 2022, I've created a guide to keep you on track. Be sure to download it for free at the link in the description. So I'll start by saying the tough part with including our children in our self-care journey is maintaining a balance of knowing when to include them and when not to. I'm going to try I'm going to try to generalize ways to do this, but I completely understand that all of us mothers have very different circumstances. You may be a stay-at-home mom, you may be a working mom, you may have your own business, you may be a widow, perhaps you're a military mom, maybe your partner works a lot of hours outside of the home. Um, So I understand that each of us have different obligations to the amount of time we have to spend with our children. So I'm going to try to keep this general. And as always, take from this episode what you can and, and try the things that you're interested in. And then just, you know, leave the other ones that you're not interested in here. No problem at all. So first, let's talk about some benefits, some benefits of including our children in our self-care activities. Number one, including our kids in self-care activities can help us manage mom guilt. I spoke before about how going back to the office full-time has put a bit of pressure on my mental space because I missed the time when I was working from home more often. It enabled me to spend a lot more time with my daughter. And I really missed that. So it makes going into the office that much more difficult for me. But when I include her in self-care activities, I feel like I'm getting some of that time back. So it's an emotional wellness boost for me since spending so much time away from her is a stressor. Number two, including children in our self-care activities introduces the concept of self-care into their lives and exposes them to new activities. It's important for our children to see us taking care of ourselves because it sets a foundation for how they will hopefully treat themselves in the future. Our children are exposed to activities like meditation and keeping a journal and tracking their thoughts. Um, 
at a much earlier age when they see us doing it. And also, we have an opportunity to explain why a certain activity is important to us. So gives us that connection um, to our child and them to us. And I think I mentioned before uh, about the importance of our children seeing us in more complex ways and just seeing us as, you know, the woman that we are. And number three, benefit number three is we create accountability partners in our children when we include them in our self-care. I can't tell you how many times my daughter has said, it's time to work out, mommy, or it's time to read your book, or maybe we should rest now. Whatever we do with our children consistently is what becomes part of their routine and, you know, how they deal with other people. I've said in the past that I'm not a parenting coach at all, which I'm not. (laughs) So I'm not savvy to all the parenting strategies, but there is something about setting these expectations with our children. Like all of today will not just be about your child. And we kind of set that up for them when we are planning these pockets of time for different activities. Um, in my household, we set timers for activities. Like I set a timer for an activity we're doing. I set a timer for when we're transitioning. So, um, if nap time is coming up in 10 minutes, then I set a timer and I say, Hey, I'm setting a timer in 10 minutes. We're going to do, you know, nap time and, you know, nap time may include, you know, reading a story, changing into comfortable clothes, whatever it may be, but it just gives her, um, I don't know, starts her on maybe time management, <laughs> perhaps. Um, and it creates a dynamic of, um, hey, it's your turn to pick an activity. Now it's my turn to pick the activity. And just so that she doesn't think you know, every single thing that we do on a Saturday will be about her. Um, So those are three benefits of including our children in self-care. So now let's talk about the ways planning can get us some of our solo time back. It's about having a balance. So number one, use a planning tool like the Back to You in Five weekly planning guide or a regular book planner, the calendar on your phone, a planning app, like something to map out all of your self-care activities you'd like to do again the next week. For example, if you plan to do yoga, journaling, read a chapter of a book, go for a run, build out a puzzle, and declutter, you would want to list them Make note of the amount of time you'll need for each activity. And then simply go back through to determine if it's something that you'd be able to include your child in based on their interest in the activity and how long the activity will be. I'm okay with Bristol um, 
working out with me, like that's fine. But she gets bored <laughs> um, pretty quickly into it and doesn't take it as seriously uh, sometimes. So I opt to work out early in the morning before she wakes up. So when planning, we may have to do things like wake up early or stay up late. And it may feel uncomfortable at first. It may even feel like an inconvenience. But the benefit of that solo self-care time should outweigh that level of inconvenience. And you'll actually start to look forward to that time, even if it's really early or it's really late in the day. If you have activities like brunch with friends or maybe you have a hobby or you're learning a new skill that takes place outside of the home, you'll have to coordinate with your spouse or significant other or the people in your village to get the time you need for that. Um, So for me, working outside of the home Although it is a bit of a mental stressor because of that time that I have apart from my daughter, it does have its benefits for my self-care at times because I can take advantage of the breaks that I have at work and I can take advantage of my commute to and from work to plan solo activities. So I can do a workout on my lunch or I can listen to a podcast on my way to or from work or I can, you know, read on my break and I don't have to worry about what my daughter's going to be doing because she's obviously not there for me or with me. But for like my brother and sister-in-law, they have to be more creative and communicate with each other on their solo time needs because they both work from home. They live out of state. So the closest member of their village is about like four hours away And that happens sometimes with people like we move away from our village and we're in the process of building a new one, but it takes time to get to know people and build trust. And that's all even more difficult in a pandemic. So you have to be on the same page with your partner and you have to spend time in your B room with your thoughts to have a deep level of understanding for what you need each day or week as far as self-care. Your self-care journey is like an ever-changing recipe. Like what works right now today for you may not work six weeks from now because circumstances change and your commitments change and, you know, it's life. We have to adapt and make adjustments um, with the fluidity of our life, if that makes sense. So that's completely normal. Um, And that's why understanding what your B room is and staying consistent with that and staying consistent in your time there, because minimally, if you're going through a transitional time and the only thing that you can really commit to during that time is spending time in your B room, then you want to do that and be comfortable with that and don't um, 
make yourself feel bad that you're not doing more or not doing uh, maybe what you used to do in your self-care journey because in those moments of transition, things can get really wacky. Um, and so you don't want to make a transitional time more stressful than it has to be. So hold dear <laughs> that be room time and then build back up from there. So we've covered benefits. We've covered planning. Now let's get into five activities you could include your children in. I'm going to focus on simpler activities that are um, a bit shorter in their duration, since I know a lot of you are just beginning like this part of your self-care journey, like the part where you're including um, your children, or perhaps you're just starting your self-care journey, period, and you because of your time commitment that you have with your children, you have to include them now. So activity number one is a walk or a simple workout. So um, a walk or a simple workout is a physical wellness activity. And depending on the age of your child, they may need to get like some sillies out anyway. So I really like um, the workouts because, I mean, kids need that outlet. Um, my daughter's three and there's times where I could just tell that like, she needs to be doing um, a more physically active activity. So we do that. So um, physical wellness activities are pretty kid friendly, even if you have to give them some type of modification. Activity number two is yoga. So yoga is an emotional wellness activity as well as a physical wellness activity. I like yoga with kids because it focuses on breathing and calm and quiet. And it's a nice activity for those times when like your child wants you to be close to them, but they don't necessarily want you to do what they're doing with them. And they don't want to join you in what you're doing. And this happens with my daughter often where she's doing independent play and she just doesn't want me in a different room so maybe she's coloring for example and if I'm doing something in the kitchen she'll ask hey can you come in here with me but then when I try to color she doesn't want me <laughs> to do that so she's cool with playing independently but she wants to be able to see me so yoga is perfect because you don't take up a lot of space with that and you can still be basically in the same space as your child um, and they also have, uh, my daughter does, um, it's like a video on YouTube. It's the going on a dragon hunt. And it's um, almost like an introduction to yoga for kids. And uh, we do that. It's not very long. I think it's like five minutes, maybe a little bit more. Um, but that's a fun one that we like to do together. Activity number three is gardening. Uh, gardening is an intellectual wellness activity. It's nice because you can teach your kids about plants and there's such a variety of things you could have in your garden, you know, fruits, vegetables, herbs, flowers. You can, you know, have individual, you know, pots for what you're planting. So if you have like a huge flower bed, for example, but you take out some dirt in a pot, like specifically for your child to use, so they're not 
maybe like messing up perhaps your main garden, but they have something that they're working on on their own. Um, activity number four is like a Bible study or um, like reviewing scripture. I think Bible study is the best way to say it. That's a spiritual wellness activity. And you could build an entire activity out of a scripture, depending on what it is and your level of connection with it. Um, and activity number five is cooking or baking. And that's an intellectual wellness activity, even if it's something simple like preparing for snack time. There are a lot of ways we can include our children in this. Um, maybe you make pancakes and you let your child decorate it with fruit and chocolate chips or you let them use cookie cutters for, you know, cutting their fruit into fun shapes or, you know, playing with the cookie dough before you bake it. Um, and I say that as like, if there's, if you know that you want to have an intellectual wellness boost, but you're not trying to make dozens and dozens of cookies, you're just trying to focus on your intellectual wellness. You know that you are going to be including your child. That can be something simple enough where you can maybe try a new recipe, but it's not as big of a deal about how it comes out. Like it's not about to be your main meal. It's not about to be your main dessert. Um, you know, as always, just be wise in, in what you choose, but make sure it's something that if it comes out and it's not great, you're not going to be devastated about it because that would be completely counterproductive <laughs> in your self-care. So that's five activities, a walk or a simple workout, yoga, gardening, Bible study, and cooking or baking. One final tip I will include <clears throat> when it comes to your kids and your self-care activities, do not include your child in your B room. That's the only thing I'll caution you against because the B room is the place or time when you hear your thoughts the clearest, the clearest. And that time is so important for your self-care journey to track your thought themes and anticipate your needs. So if working out is your B room or gardening is your B room or cooking is your B room, try not to include other people like kids, friends, spouses, anybody <laughs> in those because it probably won't be as enjoyable for you. You won't be able to decompress. Um, and of course, every once in a while, if time requires it, then sure, you know, absolutely. Um, I know for me, by now, you probably already know, my B room is the bathroom, um, specifically in the shower. And there are times where I'm just taking a shower so that I can be <laughs> clean for the day. And so I might be taking my shower and it's just me and my daughter at home. So I may have the door open so that I can hear her. She may be talking to me. It may be like a quick, you know, shower. I'm not going to be able to decompress. I'm just in there to get clean. And I'm like working through maybe my skincare process pretty quickly and that's fine. But like when it comes to um, me needing to decompress and me um, 
sitting with my thoughts, I'd rather wait until she goes to sleep to take my shower. Like, you know, stay up a little later than to have to try to get that time for myself while she's awake. Because I know realistically it's not going to work. So, yeah, if you have to do it every once in a while, definitely do that. But just don't make it a habit because the B room is is too important. Um, And we don't want anything to mess with that. (laughs) So I hope you learned uh, a bit from this episode. Of course, keep the things you like and leave the things you don't. I appreciate you stopping by and I will talk to you all very, very soon. To learn more about Back to You in 5, visit backtoyouin5.com or follow at Back to You in 5 on Instagram where you'll find self-care tips and strategies. Remember, motherhood is a journey, not a destination. <laughs>